Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Bow, bow, bow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along to the second episode of the Kickstart Odyssey. We're looking at um, the... 1980s BBC uh, motorbike trials bike obstacle course Peter Purvis led um, you know, piece of television history uh, if you were around at the time you will have been in the kickstart obviously we all were um, <laughs> who wasn't into just watching lads do tricks and jumping about on motorbikes for half an Make hour it- Making motorbikes almost come alive, Sam. Yeah. When you watch them, it's it's incredible. If you're a and fan of, equi- uh, is it what is it when the horses dance? Is that equestrian? No. Yeah. Well, what's it called? What's again? the event da- called? Da- dancing dressage. It's dressage. That's right. Yeah. So it's like dressage, but with motorbikes instead of horses. They hop, they jump, they dance, they spin. And of course, you can train a horse, can't you? You can't train a motorbike. Can't train a motorbike. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got a lot of flashbacks to my um, CBT training, which I spoke about earlier in the year, which mm. you have to do every two years if you don't have a full bike licence. The, the sensible and grown-up uh, choice is to always do a motorbike licence. But I've been riding yeah. a Vespa for, uh, I guess, like 20 years and have still not got round to ever taking my licence. So instead, every right. two years, I have to do something called a CBT, which is... I think it sounds a certificate of basic training, right? Yeah. And I thought it was cognitive uh, behavioural therapy. I thought we were talking about your uh, yeah, nuts rather than well, your bike. Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, you can easily get them muddled up and end up in the wrong lesson. <laughs> can you get both? Can you get like a two for one at the same time? Price? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's always sort of awful. And I think I remember, like you know, last when I did it earlier this year, I ended up having to do it in the company of a sixteen-year-old boy. <laughs> Anyway, who, who, who was a, a self-confessed um, motorbike thief, and that's why he was there. I was like, so you don't mind right. thieving, but you want to do it with the proper qualifications. Yeah. So, sort of strange. But um, all the bits where on the, the, the course on Kickstart, when I was watching it back today, where you just have to control the bike in quite tight spaces around mm. some modern blocks, it's quite similar to what you have to do. And that's the bit I can never do. Out on the road, I'm fine. They go, oh, you're clearly an experienced rider. You know what you're doing. But when they take you, then they'll take you to a car park or a um, school playground and they'll put mm. out cones and they go, weave your way in and out of that, you cunt. 
and I'm all over the gaff then. Start wobbling about. So I, all I'm saying is I had extra respect for the kickstart contestants watching it now all these years later because yeah. some of the smallest things they have to do like the bigger things that are more sexy and exciting like long jump which is easily the best bit of the show we'll get on to yeah. that that's like yeah that's great but to be honest it's quite easy right mm. but the bits where they just have to fucking raise up their front wheel and tap 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 on some logs that's yeah. fucking difficult isn't it? And I was, as I said last time, this is the kind of thing we would have done when we were out on our BMXs. Yeah. When we were uh, pre-teen, sort of early mm. teens, going around, riding around our territory, checking things <laughs> when out. When you were a pubeless biker. A pubeless yeah. BMXer. Yeah. Just waiting for those pubes to arrive. Yeah, just riding my BMX find, around find, till I can get some pubes on my balls. You'd, you'd, till these balls of mine will drop. <laughs> um, you'd, you'd find little things you could use as obstacles or as kickstart sort of um, stunt paraphernalia that you yeah. could use just in the wild. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't necessarily set something up. you come across, like, for example, the lower wall of Shiny Row that I've talked about before yeah. that gradually ascends with, the, with the, 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 the pavement itself. Um, and you'd, you'd go on that, try and ride your bike on that, probably come off. But you'd, you'd know how to come off safely. You know, you'd, you'd land safely. Unlike one or two of the uh, contestants in this Kickstarter episode. I should say, actually, we should point out which episode it is that we're watching. In case you want to watch along. It's on YouTube. And the full title of the video is Part 1 Full Season Kickstart 1986 Motorcycle Trials Trial Part 1. Two uses of the word trial there. Trial and trials. Uh, trial, and I think trial. The whole series is on there in, in parts. Uh, in chunks of 30 minutes or so so uh, so just search kickstart 1986 part 1 and it'll come up as your uh, as your first result and it's nice this video because it's been um, digitised from an old VHS recording the, uh, the, the picture quality is at times shocking mm. uh, but it gives an authenticity to it it does yeah because like. just even that like the lines across the video you got on VHS yeah. tapes that you taped off the telly yeah, sort of brings back they a bit the, of brings back memories. Use the tracking dial yeah. on the video recorder to yeah, try like and get Yeah, like tuning in a radio, it felt like. Yeah. The, what I noticed when it first opens is the way, I think we we spoke last week about the way that Peter Purvis puts his foot right up high on a log. In uh, yes. And I think that's an alpha stance that he's been yes. taught at BBC Training School. And... Mm. Uh, but what's interesting about the way that Peter Purvis uh, operates as a presenter on this is it's very low-key. It's a form of presenting that you just don't get anymore because everyone now, you, you stand in front of a telly, in front of a camera, and um, you have to be very, very extra, as the kids yeah. would say. You have to be larger than life. There yeah. has to be jokes. There's been a script writer, so you've got plenty of gags. You've got to be extremely... I mean, you know, Davina McCall's got a lot to answer for because when she she sort of changed a, a lot of what presenting was like because, I mean, she was very good. But when she started Big Brother, she was like a ringmaster and she yeah. would whip that crowd into a frenzy on a Friday night, wouldn't she, when Big Brother started, mm. when there was mm -hmm. the eviction. And she was so good at sort of like being right there into the camera being very fucking full of, like, energy. And then everyone thought that's how you got to present. And sometimes it can be exhausting to watch when you're not in the mood, yeah. right? You're like, that's why people got into that Bob Ross geezer. 
because we'd had so exactly. many high octane presenters who were just in your face, fucking shouting, non-stop jokes, blah blah blah. You get, you know, sometimes you just need to watch some cunt painting a mountain and talking That's, really yeah, gently. Exactly. It's the it's yeah, it's the opposite of it. It's that thing that slow TV, which is big in Scandinavia as well, and it came across here for a while. Yeah, uh, BBC Four was showing like a, th- a three hour long thing of huskies just going through um, oh, the woods and things like that, and you just yeah. you just follow it and watch it all Slowness. like a train journey. It, it's fix, beneficial. Fix it. It's beneficial to everyone. I went for a yeah. run in the park this morning. I, I run in Richmond Park every Monday, and uh, I always whenever I go running. Wherever I am, I have headphones in. Usually I run out on the streets or by the river, but on Mondays I go to the park and I forgot my headphones and I was so addicted to listening to either podcasts or music, right, while I'm running to distract myself from the physical discomfort I'm in that I almost (laughs) abandoned the run having got all the way up to the park, right? Yeah. I thought I can't do it. And then I thought, fuck it, I'll give it a go. So I did the run and it was... Just all I could hear, Randy, was nature. There's no cars right. or anything like that. Yeah. I heard birds tweeting. I heard mm-hmm. the the soft rustle of leaves with the gentle mm-hmm. summer breeze blowing through them. I even at some points heard the trickle of a stream. Oh. And it was, and I hadn't wanted to do it. And I can't remember the last time I did do a run that you know about like half an hour, forty minutes that long. Just all you can really hear is the sound of your own breathing. But I can tell you, it was good for me. Will I be doing it again? No, I will take never, my headphones in the future. But it was a fucking nightmare. It, it was a case, It was needs must, and I yeah. felt it was really good for my mental health. Silence, yeah. absorbing were, nature, noticing what was around yeah. you. You became at one with with the nature. You I were, did. You yeah. were almost a woodland creature yourself. Oh, that's what I felt like. You, yeah, I'm not joking. You do see fucking bunny rabbits up there, like baby good. rabbits. It's absolutely mm. incredible. Like, it blows your mind if you're running about, you see a little bunny jumps out into the path from some, like, bracken, sees you coming, shits itself, jumps back in. But by that stage, I'm like, too late, cunt, I've seen you, and it's made my day. We've got a nice park near where I live. Ironically, it's called Barnes Park. Oh. It almost could be the sister park Mm. of of your local. And Barnes Park's got loads of rabbits in. It's got a few rats as well. I'll be be honest, there are rats. But you'll probably see more rabbits than rats, and it's it's lovely, isn't it? They just jump out and they nice. gamble around. If you get out in the morning and see some animals before anything like to do with normal life has started, yeah, then you've made a good start. This is a good time all, of year to do it as well. All this other shit that I'll have to cope with through the day, mm. you know, emails or phone calls or boring mm-hmm. things, cleaning up, doesn't matter because I saw those rabbits just fucking rabbiting yeah. about earlier. And sometimes baby ducklings, although that's a bit earlier in the year. Yeah, and this is a good time of year to do it, because obviously when it gets to winter, and if you're going out at six, seven in the morning, it's just dark and damp that's and true. freezing. And, and it's no sort of, it, can be, it can be quite moving in a different way in the other seasons, because you get different sorts of beauty, or it looks quite dramatic in winter. But yeah, summer's the best. But I suppose the reason I'm saying all of this is that Peter Purvis is the human equivalent of all of these things that we're talking Mm. about, right? In that he is slow, he is measured, and crucially, he is, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, he's quite boring. It's Um, it's old school BBC, isn't it? It's just like, we're going to explain what's happening here, and that's all. He's boring, and he he doesn't, it's just, for him, it's all about exposition. He hasn't Mm. even bothered to particularly, 
he's not dressed up or anything like that. He's just stood there and he's like, I'm Peter Purvis. Here is a program in which you're going to see some people on motorbikes. Now I'm going to tell you a bit more detail. That's it. What more do you want from me, for fuck's and that, sake? That was the kind of BBC house style back then. It was almost as if you'd you'd wandered into the, the area of the woods where they were doing this, and Peter's kind of yeah. just gone, oh, oh, hello, come and see what we're doing Want to know what's going on? Yeah, I'll tell just, you. Just come over. I'll explain it, then we mm. can watch. There used to be a really good um, show on BBC Two called, I think it was called Play Chess. Right. And it was just ch- just people playing chess against each Lovely. other. And mm. I used to watch it when I was a kid, fascinated. Couldn't play chess. Never no. picked it up properly. Still can't. Yeah. Um, my son plays it, and he plays me sometimes, and it just beats me because I haven't got a fucking clue what's going on. But <laughs> it was just the kind of soothing quality of it. And the pr- the presenter on that would just be like, kind of, hello, welcome along to play chess. Today, yeah. we're going to play chess. <laughs> and over there is Mark, and he's going to play against Ray. And they're going to play chess. And it was that kind of thing. It was just kind of like, here, this, we're just doing this thing here. And you can watch. You can just observe it. Whereas, as if you said, now, it's all kind of like, way there's fucking fireworks going you off. You know, nowadays, they'd, they'd, have, they'd have Keith Lemon doing it. And he'd fucking oh, jump out of a tree in a load mm. of his own motorbike gear. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he'd be making a load of sexy jokes he'd about He'd run around pretending to be a motorbike or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I, wor- I worry know, about that fella. I worry about that fella, you know, because Keith Lemon's obviously a character. Mm. It's not the. It's not the real. He's not real, but it's kind of <laughs> like he's almost. We've we've almost been kind of tricked into believing that he's real. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's, I don't uh, know whether the lines uh, blur. I I I got to know Lee Francis a few years ago because I, I right. interviewed him for the paper, and then we sort of stayed in touch. And at that time, he was still... I think he was, he was just moving into doing Keith Lemon because he'd been doing Avid Mar- Marion for years, right? Yeah. And the Guardian sent me to meet him in a pub for lunch and to give him both barrels because you can imagine the Guardian yeah. didn't like some... Of, the Guardian didn't oh, like nice. it. <laughs> yeah, they didn't actually phrase it like that, but I knew what their agenda was. They were like, Take listen... Take him apart, Delaney. They were like, ah, he does all this stuff. It's misogynistic. Yeah. It might even be racist. So I was like, oh, well, okay, I'll see what he's got to say. Finish but him off. We got on quite well. I didn't finish him <laughs> off. I sort of, I, I, I felt I gave him a very fair audience and uh, I actually liked the bloke. But I tell you what was funny, because he was just starting Keith Lemon. I think Keith Lemon had started to make some appearances on Bo Selector, yeah? Yeah. And I said, where did you, you know, I said someone, where did you get that character from? Lee Francis, the creator of Avid Marion and Keith Lemon, has a best friend who's been his best friend for many years in Leeds, where he's from. Yeah. That friend's be- that friend's name is Keith Lemon. <laughs> that that friend's hair is blonde shaggy it's hair <laughs> and a blonde moustache. And his voice is like that. So he literally got a character by taking the piss out of his best mate, Keith Lemon. Wow. Right? And perfecting it so well that in the end he went, I'm actually going to start putting this on TV, mate. <laughs> so uh, somewhere out there, I can't believe it, unless Lee Francis was bullshitting me, but I didn't feel like he was. I can't believe this, maybe it is more famous, I don't I don't follow comedy news much, but um, yeah, I, the, Keith Lemon is a real yeah. person who is best friends with Lee Francis and whose persona has been taken and wow. used for financial gain, which I really respect him for. Jalapeño. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Jalapeño. I hope he's paying him. I hope he's I paying guess, him. Yeah. I'm not going to say that because, you know, I was with my family this weekend yeah. at my brother Cassie's house in the country. We had a big family get together, which, thank God, went without any drama across. It was just a pleasant weekend. But I know that they and my closest mates are very aware of the fact that a huge amount of the content that I exploit in print, but particularly mm. on this show, is just stories about them. Uh, very often that don't reflect that well on them. I mean, should I be True, paying yeah. the likes of my brother Cass, Pancho from the Flats, my mum, and you know some of my mates who I talk about a lot? Perhaps yes, but mm. I have no intention of doing so ever, Andy. Not ever. Mm-hmm. So I can't sit here in good faith and say that Lee Francis should be paying his mate Keith Lemon. No, but I mean, you know, the entire character is called. Keith Lemon and his based on. I know. I've just found something. It says Lee's childhood friend Keith Lemon is a machine operative from Halifax. Although he bears no physical resemblance to the comedy character, he does have the same mispronunciations and malapropisms, uh, which uh, have yeah. been picked up and made into one of the most distinctive personalities on television. So he took a lot from him. Yeah, it was his best man at his wedding as well, Keith Lemon. Yeah, that's I think nice. that's really funny. That's that, that, that's, <laughs> that's changed my my whole feelings about it because I was saying we don't know where the line is. Yeah, but no, Lee he knows very knows much where, the where line it is. is. He and totally knows where it is. Yeah, and he's got no problem at all. <laughs> he just um, he takes the piss out of his mate on TV <laughs> for money, and I absolutely love that about him. <laughs> and his but, mate like just said, you just imagine his mate like oh fucking hell, Lee's on telly again, basically yeah. cunting me off. <laughs> and obviously every time Keith the real Keith Lemon has to go around filling in forms or giving his name when he's yeah. you know ordering stuff or buying stuff he's always going to get are you Keith Lemon then? Yeah. What, is that your real name? Are you the real <laughs> Keith Lemon? Yeah I'm the real Keith Lemon yeah fucking hell oh man well I hope he's looking after him I hope yeah. there's no um, there's no animosity no I think he's a good it. guy actually but they've canned um, that show Celebrity Juice that he did I was reading about that the other day yeah, only 14 years. Oh, Fucking hell, it's a long time, isn't it? Isn't it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched it. Not that I'm being snobby no. about it or anything like that, because I, I actually find him quite entertaining. I, I used to love Bo Selector. I thought it was fucking hilarious. But, um, yeah. but uh, no, I just don't. I don't really tend to watch panel shows or anything like that. Yeah, he'll be all right. He'll come up with something else next. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, he's worked with Paddy McGuinness, so he's obviously... Uh, obviously high up in the showbiz echelons yeah he is <laughs> but anyway like we um, were saying he would definitely in these days he'd be on the short list of presenters to do um, kickstart but Purvis yeah. has got a wonderful way about him and even more just as you think this couldn't be more dull and lacking in energy he then introduces the course expert I'm not sure what this guy is 
what his official title is, but he, he, he introduces this guy. He's got a kind of weird kind of Canadian accent. Yeah, and he kind of goes, I, "I'm going to tell you all about the course and yeah. and what's going to happen." And he seems I don't know who he is. Is he a, like a, a biking journalist or what? He, he's called Jack States, mm. and um, sadly no longer with us. He died four years ago. Aged only sixty four. Fucking hell! So he, he looks about just, seventy was, in this show. About, he was only about thirty. When this show was made. Well, that's remarkable, because he looks a lot older than people did in the 80s, didn't they? And uh, I'm not sure what I'm not sure what his credentials are. I'll tell you them. Peter Burvis definitely bows to them, that's for sure. I'll tell you them. Go on, then. Uh, He was a former American International Motorcycle Trials rider. Oh, okay. Um, International level, yeah. Um, World Championship. Mm, Finished 14th. And finished thirty second in the world championship in nineteen eighty five. Hmm, maybe he's bigged himself up a little bit. Well, I think he's more. sort of yeah, um, but it's not. Just, you know, sometimes you get pundits who are not. That you know, you're not chosen to be a pundit just on the basis of your accomplishments yeah. in the game. It's a combination of that, your experience, but also your on screen abilities yeah. and charisma. And maybe they just felt he had so much of that it made up for a relatively. They obviously realised they made a perfect blend with Purvis. Yeah, exactly. And they certainly do have an on-screen chemistry. Because what I noticed is, you know, like, I've talked a lot about his stance with his one leg planted firmly on the floor and the other one really up high, a knee up high Mm. on a log. And then the director has chosen this shot where it's a very wide shot and the two men are facing each other, both in profile, across some logs, discussing the runners and riders and what's going to happen on that day's uh, show. And the other guy, he's in the same stance. He's mirrored him. He's got his leg up on a log as well. Yeah. So you've got these two men with their knees really high and their crotches very prominent, both facing each other, talking about um, what's going to happen in the competition. They're like, they're like sort of crouching down and it's almost, they're like rutting stags that are about to, to get stuck into each other. Yeah, and, and their groins are sort of pointing... And you know, it's, it is actually like their groins are pointing at each other very closely. Yeah. I'm looking at Jack Stites now. There's a close-up of him. There's no fucking way. He's 33 when this was made. That's outrageous. <laughs> I don't know what he was fucking eating. Jesus probably Christ. just pure cigarettes. Yeah, we're probably... A pure cigarette. I, I have a purely cigarette-based diet. That's all. I, I just... I just smoke and eat and sometimes snort tobacco. He does. He does have a lovely soft voice, though, doesn't he? He does, yeah. You don't think of him as a motorcycle expert. He comes. He reminds no. me of Denzel Dexter, the scientist played by yes. John Thompson in the Fast Show. Yeah, he does. He's got that same kind of soft yeah. tone about Milt. him. But it begins. Peter Purvis is standing on the back of a flatbed lorry, where there are these huge. They look like hay bales, but they're made of wood. And they're obviously they're a key part of the obstacles in this this year's kickstart. Which this, Jack States has come up with this this thing that Purvis is standing on, and he has to jump off onto another m- massive cylindrical bit of wood um, that the, the riders have got to use to get up onto the flatbed lorry. So, and it's it's huge because Purvis is a big man. He's a fucking unit. As anyone yeah. who's seen him close up will, will confirm, and um, he's dwarfed by this. This vast uh, lorry and its its cargo, 
but he comes down and he's got a clipboard under his arm as well, which is all gives immediate air of authority. Yeah, um, I noticed I that clipboard and I thought, what's what's he got written on that? What's on it? Is it a script? Is he going to write down the times of all the riders? Is he going yeah, to be the just referee and important notes as well? on this? Yeah. So that's um, th- th- yeah. And him and Jack have the face off and they discuss what's coming up. Um, it's it's taking place in Eastern Neston, if mm. you're aware of that part of the world. Have you been there before? No, I, I was going to ask you about that. He goes, here we are back in Eastern Neston. Back and he, in Eastern he sa- Neston. He says yeah. it as if, like, you know exactly where that is. And I thought, well, I've lived in the UK my whole life and I've never fucking heard of that place. And it's a pretty <laughs> memorable sounding place name as well, Eastern Neston. It's the home of Kickstart. It's just outside Northampton by the looks of it. Mm. Uh, I've never been before. It, it could sort be of the Midlands, that, really. Yeah, we could go on a, a, um, a pilgrimage. Pilgrimage, pilgrimage to Eastern Neston. Yeah, it's not make a little far, video, stick think. it on the Patreon, mate. Not too far from Silverstone. So I, I drove down there the other week. I could do that again. I, I stayed. I, I stayed in Northampton last time we went for our um, script writing uh, show. On the way back, oh, I couldn't right. bother driving all the way back, so I stopped off in Northampton and kicked in a pub. Right. We did the worst ever attended Athletico Mints live show in Northampton on our first mm. tour in 2017. Strange choice um, of, of, of location. It was, we had a spare date and I was looking around and I thought, well, Northampton, it might bring some people in from other Coventry. areas. Cheltenham, Gloucester, Peterborough, oh, okay, yeah. Leicester, you know, there was, there yeah. was a catchment area of sorts, rugby. I thought mm. we might get some people from rugby coming along. Milton Keynes, not far away. Probably should have played Milton Keynes. Who knows? You can't go back though. You can't go back, me. mate. It was. Um, Don't torture yourself spa- over this. Sparsely attended. I still think about it. I still think about it a lot. But those people that were there enjoyed it. I think. Good. That's the main thing. Yeah. It it, it certainly outsold quite a lot of our shows that we've it, done. It, if you touch just one person's soul, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's all about. Listen, You're not mate. The world I had a worst show place, once. I had a show once where literally no one turned up. Mm. Uh, when I was doing a book tour and right. I'd actually arranged for two comedians who I knew who were mates mm. to turn up and join me so we were doing I can't remember what it was it was to promote my book but it was a sort of a news review fun thing and uh, the venue said they would do the promotion but I don't think they did any promotion and mm. on the day I turned up it would have been okay if I'd been on my own because then yeah. I would have just like buried it inside of me yeah. That's a painful memory. I'd have buried yeah. it deep inside and tried to never revisit it ever mm. again. But because I'd invited these two comics and it was on a Sunday lunchtime and they'd tre- schlepped into the West End to do it and they stood in this room and we waited and waited and waited and then eventually one person walked in 20 minutes after the kickoff time mm. and we got so excited and said, are you here for the show? And he said, yes, I am. And then he said the name of the show, who's there for? And it was a different show. Different he was, show. turned up at the wrong place. Oh, and oh, one of the two comedians, the one who I was sort of closer to, was totally fine about it. He said, look, this happens to everyone at some point. Don't worry about it. It's nice to see you anyway. Fuck it. Who cares? The other one was openly pissed off. <gasps> well, you can tell me his name off. after we finish this I'll tell you his name afterwards. But he was really really fucked off and right. I can understand and respect that 
but yeah. I was very embarrassed and ashamed. So was he was he beat? Was he being paid for doing this? Or was that uh, Yeah, no, I think he was being paid. Yeah, by the venue, not by me. Yeah, by the right, venue. So he still got paid. No one turned I, up, but he still got paid. That sounds like it, the dream gig to me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You get your money <laughs> fucking either way. But I don't know. Maybe it bruised his ego or something. I don't know. But he was not impressed. He, and he because, did not hide the fact he wasn't impressed. And yeah. I was already feeling pretty gutted about the whole thing. I mean, that's hard yeah. to beat, mate. Not a single cunt turned up. To me, no one turning up is infinitely better than, let's say, two people turning up. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because then you've, yeah, got, to then you've got to do it to two you've got people. You've got to do it for two people and nobody knows quite where to look. It's just all yeah. awkward. No one turns up, you can just fucking write off. Doesn't doesn't happen. Yeah. But... Now we've got different different ideas. Nah, well, like you say, so yeah. where I always say if you ch- touch one person's heart, then it was worth it. But that mm. was an example of a time when I didn't touch a single person's heart, not in a positive no. way. Oh, I left a bruise anywhere. on mine and his. Yeah. I'll tell you what, we'll leave it there because we're about to start the first heat of the actual okay. competition. But just to say that um, they do say it's a harder course than in the past. It's the toughest and tightest kickstart ever. It is tough. It is tight. Mm. Um, but we'll see that in the next episode um, as we work our way through the Kickstart Odyssey. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.